Elasticsearch. I took the summer and reevaluated what would be next. I knew I ultimately paid off our three kids' college costs and house, so maybe time for a change. I wanted to get to the back to a startup excitement. I looked at several technology options. I landed on an open source company called Elasticsearch. Elasticsearch is a search engine based on a Lucene library. It provides a distributive, multi-tenant, capable full-text search engine with an HTTP web interface and a schema-free JSON documents. Elasticsearch is developed in Java and dual license under the source availability, server-side public license. So ultimately, it's an open source technology. Shai Bannon was the creator of Elasticsearch, and it all started with him generating a recipe book. And the story continues for him building this massive organization. It was founded in 2012 and ultimately raised $70 million. And then the final round was about $104 million in venture capital. In June of 2018, they filed for an initial public offering with an estimate valuation between $1.5 to $3 billion. On October 5th, 2018, Elastic was listed on the New York Stock Exchange. Elastic was a pre-IPO company selling a free open source piece of technology to detect, basically to a technology community. Elastic's sales motion is bottom-up sales approach and not my traditional top-down value position to lines of business. I absolutely knew nothing about open source research. But then I met a company evangelist named Steve Mazak, VP of Solution Architects at Newark Airport Marriott. I immediately enjoyed the chemistry of this guy. He is self-made, never went to college, and wicked intelligent, yet gentle in his approach. I referenced I knew nothing about open source, and he was okay with that. He was looking for a managerial experience to help build out the company's post-IPO. I was very excited about the opportunity, and then I met Ryan McGinty, who owned the sales for the East, and he too was a believer and had a great sales background. I knew I could learn much from these executives, not just about technology, but about leadership. The mission at Elastic was to hire quickly, build a management structure, educate sales and engineering how to position technology beyond the community and establish, ultimately, hiring best practices and processes for public offering, demos versus POC, sales program, value selling, things like that. And I'll include all those training programs we put together in the uh, PDF. So solution architecting was different than solution consulting or pre-sales engineers. I understood that if you're interested in a technology sale type versus package solution offering to a line of business, solution architects will require a completely different level of technical experience in business. A technology sales architect needs about 80-20 split, 80% technical and 20% sales. Solution architects is very different from selling workday or success factors, point solutions. To further complicate the relationship is the fact that it's an open source community relationship. The open source community has a religious connection to open source concepts. As an open source solution architect, you have no control over the software. Remember, it's free and you can download it. There are no requirements for you as the user to know what you are doing. So your sales motion is constantly fighting your time investment. Is it to sell something or get all geeked out and provide free training to this person who thinks $200,000 is a ton of money? How do you control the false promises made by individuals without the power of deciding? Selling the open source community is a very hard uh, position to do. Here's the typical experience requirements for a solution architect. You have to have IT architecture, infrastructure, and cloud development background. Engineering and software architectural design, DevOps practices, 
network administrative, system and data security, business analysis techniques and process, understand various operating systems, database management, web platforms, computer hardware and software analysis, and in-depth knowledges of coding languages. Oh, and you need some certifications, AWS, Microsoft Azure, Google Professional Cloud Architect, CISSB, or P rather, which is uh, System Security, and Council of Certified Network Defense Architecture if you're going to be in the government sec. So much of the above does not help you sell branded technical solutions. Instead, it is to have the availability to stand toe-to-toe with those in the technical group that you will essentially veto your deal with their leadership if they sniff blood in the water. Even with the hands-on technical experience, certifications, and extensive knowledge of solution architect concepts, you may still need one more element to set yourself apart from others. Industry knowledge. Having domain experience in healthcare, financial services, life sciences, pharma, retail, and CPG will give you that upper hand. Most verticalization happens one to two years post-IPO as the people's investment will be ultimately significant. The good news for you is that if you plan a four to five year run at a company that might go public in two years, you can use this experience to either get into a vertical leadership role or become a vertical specialist. Your vertical expertise can only help you advance your career. The pre-sales baseline requirements still exist regardless of your interest in the bottom-up solution architect role. The pre-sales role is all about you know, good discovery, research, presentation, and proof offerings to achieve a technical win. In addition, a pre-sales consultant works with potential clients or customers to ensure that they have a strong understanding of what the service and products provide. So pre-sales employees are hired by companies where they can discover features, advantages, and benefits, present proven and acceptable final solutions to the customer. So they ultimately have to be conducting research into the industry and discovery, Ask open-ended questions to get to the truth. Deliver presentations, demonstrations, and proof offerings. Have key stakeholder relationships, both technical and business. And let's not forget they're quota-driven to close business and overachieve targets. Once again, my team was the leader in closing headcount requests. We had the hiring down to a science and end up hiring beyond plan, pulling in headcount from other regions. I learned early in my career at Adobe and Oracle how critical hiring is to your success. Understand that the company always budgets for a specific headcount that gets mapped to an annual quota. So basically, the more people you have, your quota will increase to pay for those resources. Interesting, though, if you start Q1 with a headcount that needs to be filled, your quota does not go down. So you never, never, ever want to start a new year with an open headcount. That means you need to hire in Q4 and try to do all of that work before week six so you can hire them and get them onboarded. And let's not forget... Try to train them because it's going to take six weeks or so to get them onboarded and lethal for Q1 start. For those reading this book or listening to this audio, understand if you're interested in working for any company, check when the end of year is and know that they will probably be looking to hire people three to four months before the start of the new year. A sales engineer and especially a solution architect role at Elastic takes months to get up to speed and out in the field. Bottom-up technical sales engineering interview. (laughs) I have included in the SE Work Life, How to Become an SE Book, the process which uh, developed and used at Elastic to interview guide, which will help you with any technical sales interview you have. I also included in there the low, medium, and high gauges for where salary requirements are to give you a nice idea on how to negotiate. 
As many businesses say, location and location are critical to any retail business. In the software industry, especially open source, it comes down to product, 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 and then a number of community fans for the open source technology. Elastic is still the best open source search, DevOps, and observability platform on the market. The company is not burdened by only having a thousand code developers. They have hundreds of thousands of people invested in their code. The power of the community was one of my light bulb moments while working at Elastic. Before the great pandemic, we would have meetups. You can go to meetup.com. The meetup is where you or a host company, say MetLife, host a venue at their company, invites all developers, some even from competitive companies, to share best practices, listen to product experts, and ask questions. Never was this a place for a sales pitch. This was sacred ground. The company was multiplying. They reached a point where the public offering was about to be announced. The energy in the hallways was pure electric. Remember, many of these employees sacrificed not just base salaries, but countless overtime hours to see the shares pay out for their families. It is so exciting if you ever get a chance to be a part of this movement in a public offering. The market reacted very favorably. As a result, I had several people on my team become instant millionaires. Of course, a winning IPO does not mean, or essentially does not happen all the time, but when it does, take note. It becomes more challenging to manage those who can take more risk. I will discuss this more in the SE Leadership book I'm working on. As a company, we were in the delta between freshwater and saltwater, still trying to function like a startup, continue culture development, continue innovation, and expected long hours to invest. You can expect change as you move through these brackish waters. The company is public and as a result has a level of requirements to protect its shareholders. As a result, you have to take on more risk aversion and increase your level of compliance. With this increase comes a decrease in innovation motivation and potential culture change. The good news was the founder did not step aside. He kept the company culture alive and well for the first year. However, we did notice some small cultural changes as we hired people from, say, SAP, EMC, and Oracles of the world. For some strange reason, startups need to bring in the quote-unquote expert public company experts. In reality, they lock the company down and bog it down in processing compliance. The legacy innovative startups soon slipped to more corporate America. I could see the handwriting on the wall as this was happening to me after Oracle acquired Involver, though we had a perfect storm challenge with Elastic. Their technology hit some headwinds with SaaS versus on-prem solutions. First, Elastic open source code is designed to be downloaded for free and used by developers on site. Elastic struggled to convert the relationship to the cloud. Understand you, you could not just hand out complete open source cloud services. Someone has to pay for the storage and CPU usage. So how do you feed the open source community for free without going out of business through cost overruns? The second low pressure was the AWS, was using the open source and giving it away as part of their platform. The company looked to expand its platform, but you know, ultimately to drive down the observability path and double down on open source SIM market solutions by acquiring a company called Endgame, which was an endpoint security solution provider. The key word here is acquisition. A massive cultural change comes with that. It is easy to control the culture by hiring one or two people at a time. But with my experience at Adobe and Oracle, I could see future challenges on the horizon. You started to have new strategic directions, the market reaction to acquisition, and the street is looking for results a year into the new public offering. Now comes the pressure cooker time for a company to make its numbers. 
Elastic was struggling, and politics can rear its ugly head with all struggles. We had some touchy issues with solution architect relationships and sales executives pointing fingers at each other. Understand many of the solution architects are tech first and sales second. Some could not appreciate the demands placed on some of the salespeople you know, hired. Some of the salespeople became desperate to get a meeting at the expense of a solution architect's time. Sales were offering up proof of concepts to get an appointment. Having no power sponsor, no fundamental understanding of the why buy anything, why buy now, and why buy elastic. The sales team was not being held accountable for the follow med pick, which was metrics, economic buyer, decision criteria, decision process, paper process, identify pain, and competition. This all bundles up into a transition public company grows through and its pains. As an individual contributor, use these challenges as an opportunity to grow in your career by closing these gaps. We had a few solution architects like Andre Middleton, Jake Vernon, Dave Moore, and others who worked with their sales leaders to close some of these gaps through enablement. We launched a program called SaaS Academy to many of the new salespeople and basically pulled them into an offsite, aka my home in Cary, North Carolina, to train them on an end-to-end sales motion, how to position the three W's, why buy anything, why buy now, and why buy elastic. We trained in negotiation, objection handling, research, and discovery. We orchestrated how to use the solution architect as a weapon to gain access to power, facilitate a healthy give-get relationship with the client, and most importantly, understand each other's daily challenges to expose the realities of each each group's job. At the end of the training, the solution architect and the account executive had a better working relation and respect for each other. We experienced great feedback, and I will provide all the links to these programs at the end of the book. Unfortunately, the transitional challenges continued, letting some people or key people go or marginalized. I witnessed some of my leaders packaged out of the business. These departures were disappointing as I counted on many of these leaders and was inspired to lead from them. The culture shift was here, and it was the right time for us to part ways. I wish nothing but the best for that team. I was able to hire several of them at Snowflake and assist with transition elsewhere. The company continues to make it through the transition, recently hiring a CEO to help run the business. Lessons learned at Elastic. Bottom-up sales motion is very difficult. Open source companies operate very differently than traditional engineering-led companies. Solution architects are different from traditional pre-sales point of value sales roles. Solution architects are more 80-20, 80 technical, and 20 sales. Community is infectious and very exciting. Pre-IPO is, again, exciting, free of politics, all rowing in the same direction. Post-IPO challenges favored leadership from established brands like EMC, Dell, Oracle, Salesforce, and SAP, which can make it tough for transition. As an individual contributor, pick up the ball and close any gaps between solution architect teams and account teams. Snowflake. COVID pandemic is here. So note to self, everyone, do not leave a job before a pandemic. (laughs) You have no place to go and relax other than comb through company profiles, watch all Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Audible books while walking, and learning how to distill alcohol. But here are an excellent opportunity to learn something new. After four months, I started at Snowflake. We are also coming to the end of my journey, so you'll be able to focus in on how to become a pre-sales engineer, sales engineer, solution consultant, etc. I have to thank Brad Quarry for introducing me to Snowflake. Never heard of Snowflake. Again, a startup in the data lake, data science, machine learning, artificial intelligence platform with a data commerce component. 
Snowflake is a cloud computing-based data cloud company based in Bozeman, Montana. It was founded in July 2012. After two years in stealth mode, the firm offered a cloud-based solution storage analytics services, generally termed data as a service. It also incorporated users to store and uh, analyze data using cloud-based hardware and software. The benefit of Snowflake was the fact that it was cloud agnostic and required no commitment to one particular cloud provider. I had several Zoom calls with various people, the hiring manager. He was all business, had a sharp business mind, and clearly knew the game. We had separate calls with a number of other team members as well as sales leaders like Brian Daniels leading the Southeast and Michael Keevney out of Boston heading the Northeast and Canada. Finally, with the SVP Global Solution Engineers for Snowflake, Snowflake was not your normal startup. We had executives like SVP Global Solution Engineer from SAP and others from EMC already embedded in the company. COVID delayed the offer and finally an offer came in. I was so excited to start the process. Interesting though, the company made some changes and I would not have the opportunity to work for the original hiring manager. Instead, I worked with West Coast VP who had worked with Global VP and uh, previous SAP uh, relationships. To add to the excitement, <laughs> my global VP went on a few months maternity leave, leaving my VP direct had only the Americas, but also had all GVP duties. Now, she was a gymnast when it came to the business. She helped me ramp up, let me run my business where I needed to, and we identified a number of things to get done immediately. Like other startups mentioned so far, hiring was the number one area of focus on. That came with some challenges of pulling the Eastern SE organization together as a unified team with all of Canada as it quickly grew. By the end of my first year at Snowflake, I started with five SE leaders and ended up with eight managers. My peers in the West and Central each had four managers to work with daily. I also doubled my SE headcount as lessons learned hired quickly, develop a process in place, and started to take headcount from others. Always remember, you still carry quota regardless if you have boots on the ground. Uh, get them all in their seats by the end of Q4. We did exactly that and crushed our headcount numbers. This would not have been possible without the amazing HR team we worked with. I worked with and my SE managers committed. It is crazy to reflect on the amount of time we put into this process. The other focus point for us was bringing together the cultures from the Northeast, Canada, and the Southeast. These teams did not really work across relationships. The relationships asked were easy to fix, than some social and sales relationship imbalances. More on that a little bit later. These teams worked across lines, helping with hiring and managing an onboarding process. We pulled together these teams virtually, mind you, since all this was during COVID. The relationships grew, our team spirit was an all-time team high, and we were crushing the business again during COVID. For those interested in a career in sales consulting, unlike Elasticsearch, where the individuals need to be 80-20, Snowflake was moving more to value selling, and you can do this with a 70-30 split. The good news is that we had fantastic technical bench that could help onboard those with a strong sales and value background. So if you are not a highly technical person but have a strong sales understanding, a company like Snowflake could be a good fit. As I write this chapter, Snowflake has diversified into vertical groups. You are the target audience if you have robust vertical experience coupled with solid sales value communication skills. They will teach you the technology, and of course, you will have to understand sales, and you can bootstrap this with the database and cloud courses. Fast forward, the company has the largest IPO in history of IPOs. Thank you, Brad, for including me in that. 
Many issues and opportunities at Elasticsearch post-IPO would eventually seep into Snowflake. The good news is I had this knowledge to apply and started prepping the team for massive changes. We were ahead of the curve in hiring, and we also were ahead of the curve in promoting people. The promotion was part of a critical, especially when you have had most of the legacy pre-IPO individual contributors were millionaires overnight, so they needed something to grab onto. As expected, post this IPO, we had some growing pains with some SEs and sales relationships. A leader in the space came with competition from companies like Databricks. We started to get into situations where we needed to follow a sales process. But till this time, the technology was like shooting fish in a barrel. Competition exposed several challenges inside the sales team. Like Elastic and other startups, we can waste time and lose deals if we do not hold the entire sales team accountable for a process and some engagement ground rules. We found the solution engineers were stretched beyond their capacity. Now being a public company focused like in other post-IPOs on the numbers become the driving force. These challenges can cause people to conduct themselves in a manner that does not drive results, but drives reportable activity to save your job. Before we get too deep into the politics, we should highlight that Snowflake removed their CSM team. Customer success teams, typically for a SaaS company, are critical for customer retention renewal. These teams would have handled the care and feeding, support, follow-ups, education, and expansion. This is the first company I'm at that removed its CSM team. And at first, I didn't think it was a good idea. But in reality, it was a really good idea. The CSM managers either support people trying to be salespeople or salespeople who couldn't cut it as being a sales hunter and are happy to take a smaller risk for a smaller reward. The lack of talent is not a good combination for success of customers or the business. The challenge here is we had no engagement rules and much of the CSM burden would fall on the SE shoulders or in some cases the SDRs or sales direct teams. As the company grew, we will continue to see some challenges in slicing an SE's time per week down to revenue generating hours. One test is to break down the revenue per headcount and in hours. If you pay your people more than the results, you will lose people quickly. And business kept this in mind as you interview consumption-based organizations. There are a fundamental shift here. And without engagement rules for all participants and compensation plans to incentivize proper sales behavior, you may want to steer clear. You remember us discussing measure what matters in previous journey steps. Measure success and failure is vital to the business of scale. Unfortunately, many of these methods benefit the management team versus the SE organization. As mentioned early, the only tool I've ever used that helped SEs first was the SE Notebook by John Hogerland, Tom Lone, and Ensemble at Adobe. The second most valuable tool should be Salesforce, if all parties are held accountable for entering information. I remember at Elastic, we used Groove to hack into Salesforce.com, our SE hours and activity tracking. The tool was okay when it worked, We had good adherence to usage, but it did not provide any value to the SE community, only to its leaders. In searching for the Holy Grail on this, Snowflake leaders invested in Vivin. Unfortunately, the SE leadership and sales seemed to be siloed in this approach. The SE teams were positioned as tools and not business partners in the sales process. At the local level, we did build the necessary working uh, motions, but Vivin sort of sealed the fate for information. The irony is that we are a data-centric company and would see that silo data is not a benefit. This tool kept the SEs out of the same tool the sales people would live in daily. 
In some cases, information placed in Vivin was proprietary to the SE organization, and the sales team did not have a view again. The tool benefited leaders, but not the SE on the ground. I'll get into tweets on this, I'm sure, especially from Vivin. But at the end of the day, this was my 30 years of experience and my team's experience. My belief, and others like me believe, solutions, sales engineers, architects, focus on driving revenue. We are quota-carrying sales members, and any tool that hides information from the entire sales team is a big miss. Though I'm sure the leadership circle from SAP, I could see how SAP could manage a business like that. It's hard to adopt, but we did our best. Lessons learned. When looking at a company, ask your question on how they measure success and failures. Is that the same system the sales teams use? How closely coupled are the requirements for sales and sales consultants? What is the level of adoption, accountability, and enforcement for these systems? And before going through your onboarding experience, you best know this information and realize that 10 hours a week entering data to a report to management team does not help you be more productive. So finally, remember why you work. My journey would not be complete without some crazy emotional impact to further twist this story. (laughs) I unfortunately was diagnosed with prostate cancer in October of, uh, what was that, 2022. Was that 22? 21. That's amazing how time flies. And anytime you hear the C word, you're a little bit shocked. The funny part is that the doctors explain this like a standard root canal. No problem, happens a lot. Eventually got to a point where I needed some surgery. With the new year, will be lots of changes and great opportunities for some of the folks on my team to move into other roles. As my coach and mentor, John Hoagland, said, Kunz, your job is to get rid of your people. You are weighed and measured upon what they do elsewhere. We looked for a less impactful position to give way to others in the wings. We needed to expand my peers' territory since I was carrying double of the amount of people and managers as they were. My leader had to deal with running the entire Americas and globe since her leadership went on another three-month maternity leave. Oh, a major bonus to startups these days. If you have children, they have fantastic lead programs. I highly recommend you take them up on it. I was pleased to see Rob Silva take over the East and Canada managed by the central region. Uh, And, you know, at the end of it all, with the prostate cancer and open heart surgery, it was time to take a break. You know, the reality is the company was shifting into that SAP mindset and, you know, resistance is futile. And I'm not one to sort of just take the easy path. I wanted to make sure that the voices of the customer and voices of the SEs were heard. So I think it was the right time for all of us to mutually just part ways. But, you know, thanks to Snowflake and Elasticsearch, my financial planner, Jason, and and I, you know, basically could afford to take time off and retire early. So I do appreciate the opportunity to do that. And I always love to see people move up in their career. So that was great. Obviously, lessons learned and continued efforts that were consistent as moving from a pre-IPO to IPO company. Some lessons learned through my Snowflake experience. Find out if they have a CSM team. And if not, what are the rules of engagement are to protect what you as an SE organization need to do to help the business grow? How does the company measure success? How closely coupled is the sales team with the SE team? That includes data reporting, as I mentioned with Vivin, and the siloed efforts that our executives in the SE organization were creating with sales. Expect the unexpected obviously, and get a great financial planner. Jason was amazing for myself, my family, my career. Uh, NewRoadsFinancial.com is the website that you can go to and check out uh, Jason and uh, Jason Newcomb and, and also all the great people within his organization that was able to get me to where I'm at. 
So in conclusion, my journey has taken me to this point in life where I finally realize what's important. That is family, customers, employees, leaders, and brand. Do not underestimate who you will work with and how they will impact your life for the better or for the worst. Each encounter has its lessons learned over time. I've become a better leader thanks to all of those who have impacted this journey, and I believe a better person for all those efforts. You too can have an amazing career, and I can help you along the way. Feel free to link in with me at LinkedIn, Kevin R. Kunz, or at my website, seworklife.com. I welcome all feedback on the entire series, SE Work Life. This is just one out of four books totaling in the series to help you start, advance, and retire in this industry. Best of luck to all of you. Here are some famous sayings. We will win. What has changed since the last time we spoke? Are we the selected vendor or no other vendors being selected or considered for this technical requirement? Since we've completed all these tasks, what is preventing us from moving forward? If wishes were for free and at the end of the day. Thank you all. Kevin Coons.